The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, everybody. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast Wednesday edition. Andrew, this one's free because of my bookie. Uh, they are the best online betting place to go. They are the safest, most secure. Uh, you can bet on football, basketball, baseball, golf, in-game betting, anything you want to bet on, they have it. Use the code HAPPY25. You get 10% sign-up bonus. Put in a hundred, you get ten extra dollars. Uh, go to m y b o o k i e dot a g mybookie.com. You pay, you play, you win, you get paid. Uh, Andrew, today I want to talk about something that uh, Saints Twitter is talking about, and uh, I was arguing with people through the Saints Happy Hour Twitter feed uh, today instead of doing actual work. Uh, and it was a barn. It's a Bill Barnwell article that posted Tuesday, and he picked four teams in the NFC uh, that were likely to regress, and the Saints were among them. <clears throat> and although he didn't have the Saints having as big a regression as the Cowboys, because he he even admitted, look, the Saints have the best roster probably in the NFC NFL. They're deep. They're awesome. Their point differential was 150. Um, but his main point about the Saints, and it's, and he didn't even go into it that detail, is the Saints won against Cleveland because Cleveland's kicker had a full fucking meltdown, and they won against Baltimore because Justin Tucker uh, missed an extra point for the first time in his life. Now, Baltimore, they wouldn't have lost. They would have gone into overtime, so you don't know how that goes. Go, But Atlanta went into overtime. So the Saints had three incredibly close games to start the year that if you flip two of them, my God, their their start of their season would have been a fucking mess. So these margins are slim, and I don't think it's outrageous for Barnwell to be like, you know, the Saints aren't going 13-3. and three. Uh, And in fact, I looked it up. Do you know how many teams since 2000 have gone 13-3 and three back-to-back years? Two. Yeah. It's New England a bunch of times and Denver with Peyton Manning. That's it. That's the fucking list. Um, so... Do you agree with Bill Barnwell in his sense that the Saints ain't going thirteen and three again? But more importantly than that, where do you where do you see regression possibly happen for the Saints? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that the two times it's happened, it was because a team had an elite quarterback check and a defense to support them check. Yeah, so, I like that attitude. Know, yeah, so I, I, I don't think that immediately rules out 13-3 and three just because <laughs> only two teams have done it. <laughs> but, uh, listen, the Saints went 13-2. and two. That's almost impossible for anyone to replicate. And like you said on Twitter, we're not even counting Week 17 because that was basically a glorified scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a forfeit. So they went 13-2. and two. And sure, I mean, you can point to certain games. We talked we talked about that early in the season. I mean, you remember me telling you, Ralph, like this these these wins, like you find a way to do them and everyone's panicking because the Saints look so bad. But it's like just find a way to win them. And you know, in and, 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 and December, them. you won't even remember. You'll just right. you all that matters. Remember, is the w. all you'll know is the record and the win. And that's it. Um, but 
you know, as far as like, uh, this is hardly a hot take that the Saints would regress because, I mean, going 13 and two again is n- near impossible. And like, the thing is, if they go 12 and four or 11 and five, I guess that's technically a, a regression. But I think we'd all be very happy with that record. You, so, if, if you offered me 11 and five right now, I would just sign the papers and take oh, it yeah. and just say. Maybe 11-5 will get me a bye. Maybe it won't, but I'm pretty damn sure it's going to get me a home playoff game, and I'll just let everything else roll because the other possibility of not knowing what you're what you're going to get is way big, way too big of a risk. Yes, agreed. So um, you know, double digit wins is double digit wins, and I expect this team to get that. So I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a cop out to pick them as a team that's going to regress when they went 13 and two, but. You know, the reasons why it would happen, um, I think first and foremost, you have to look at the schedule. For me, it's really two things. The first one is the schedule. This is a very difficult schedule, especially early in the year. And, you know, a lot of times these teams, you look at them on the schedule and they they don't seem – it seems a lot harder than it ends up being potentially based on injuries and just teams that you think are going to be good or not as good as you thought and et cetera. So – and then teams you think are really bad end up being better than you thought. So – that's all a thing, but early in the season, especially those first four weeks, I think we have a decent idea of how those teams are, and those first four games are tough. Um, I will point out very quickly, uh, Zeke Elliott just said if he doesn't get a new contract, he's not playing, so it looks more and more likely that he could potentially pull a Le'Veon Bell, which I think changes the landscape for the Cowboys pretty significantly. But Well, we'll the thing about the Cowboys out. is, you know... <clears throat> Even if he even if he doesn't hold out for the whole year, even if he goes into the regular season and say he say he goes and doesn't play the first two games and Dallas is a disaster and Jerry Jones panics and gives him what's he, what he wants, which Jerry Jones has a track record of doing just that. The the Cowboys, their second Super Bowl, Emmett Smith was holding out. He held out the first two weeks. Dallas started out 0-2. Jimmy Johnson went into his office and said, fucking pay Emmett Smith. And they did it, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. But if if, Elliot, if Ezekiel Elliott holds out the first two weeks and then comes back, he might not be ready to go. And that's, you know, they played the Saints week four. So that could change that whole that whole dynamic of that first, that Dallas game with the Saints. So that could be, that could be really interesting. Yeah, agreed. So anyway, I think the schedule's tough this year, and I think that that's going to be a challenge, um, especially being back-to-back on the West Coast Ugh. with uh, the Rams and Seahawks to, to start the year. I mean, that, that Monday night football game to start the year is critical because then you're on a short week with back-to-back West Coast games. I just think that's, that's going to be tough. That's but. as must. The opening game for the Saints is as must win as you can possibly have for a team that is coming off 13 and three like it it's It's just important it's just that important you know yep i agree um but uh beyond that the second thing i was gonna say is i just think when you look at what that the saints did that was the elite last year it was stopping the run and when you lose tyler davison and sheldon rankins is out and onyamata is going to be missing the first game of the year and you know, the linebackers yeah. are the same, and I think the linebackers are a big reason why they were so good against the run, and hopefully Malcolm Brown will be a nice addition. But, um, you know, that's tough to s- sustain, being number one in the NFL against the runner. I think it, yeah. at the end they ended up being number two maybe, but they, they were they were right there at the top. And, um, you know, I don't know that they're going to be able to stuff the run 
as well as they did last year. If they can, then they absolutely are in play to be as good as they were last year. But I think it's fair to assume that, you know, maybe they're still in the top 10, but they dropped to number eight or something like that. Um, and I think that maybe costs them a game or two. Yeah, and look, you're just going to – I just think replicating five and two in close games is just going to be uh, so difficult. And they're healthy. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is – and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. They were, they were, they were, for the first time in a long time, the Saints' health, they were not in the bottom. Like in 2017, they were the only team in the bottom 10 teams that had the most games lost from injury to make the playoffs. And last year they were, they were top six as far as of best health in the league. So mm-hmm. I don't know that that's repeatable, but it's, you, you never know, right? It could, it, it usually goes in cycles. Maybe the saints get like a two year window where they're still, you know, even if they're in the top half of the league, that'd be okay. Depending on, on who gets injured. Um, I'll tell you one thing, you know, we've people that are, listen to the daily podcast, which every, you're getting this for free. You should totally do for $7 every day. It's awesome. You get a koozie, a magnet and a desk screensaver schedule. That's awesome. Season of vengeance. Uh, but, you know, we talked about it, the pass rush, we talk about it as a key to the season. You know, you talk about the run defense and the pass rush. If the pass rush gets better and they top the 40-plus sacks they had last year, then 13-3 and three is very, very much in play. Like, that's something where you looked at it and I can make a case of Davenport's going to get better and that's going to improve. Everywhere else, besides tight end, I don't really see something on this roster, Andrew, that I'm like, yeah, that's going to get a ton better. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, But, you know, I think I don't really view winning close games as an aberration because when you get inside two minutes, it really comes down to, you know, can you make plays in the passing game? And yeah. obviously the, the Saints have Drew Brees, right? Is your secondary and your pass rush, can they slow down the opposition? And I think the Saints secondary is very strong. And at least last year, their pass rush was good. And we hope that Davenport and 
and uh, Cam Jordan can do their thing and hopefully Rankins can come back, but we'll see how the pass rush is. And then, I mean, the last thing is really the kicking game. Is your kicking game reliable? And I would say that right now the situation with Will Lutz is as reliable as any kicking game situation in the league. So, you know, you say that the Saints got lucky against the Browns, but it's, I mean, it's the Browns' own fault for having an unreliable yeah. kicking situation, you yeah. know? And, I mean, so maybe some of that's luck, but I'm just saying, like, if you remember back to the years where the Saints had kind of wobbly kicking, they probably yeah. lost a lot of close no. games because 2008, of the field goals man. or whatever. 2008, the kicking, they yeah. had Gramatica, the kip- kicking was a fucking disaster. They lost to Denver. That's right. Yeah, and Orlando you know? Mare, you know. They yeah. All, and, and really, even when Lutz was was younger and he was getting more of his kicks blocked because of low trajectory. They lost against the Broncos in Carolina because of block kicks. So, Giants too. And the Giants too. Yeah. So, you know, I think the saints are at a place now where their kicking game is really reliable and that makes a difference inside two minutes. And so, um, you know, maybe they don't go five and two, maybe it's four and three this year. Maybe, I mean, obviously in coin flip games, you don't know how it goes exactly. But my point there is, you know, the team luck tends to find the teams that, have a good passing game, have a good pass rush, and have a good kicking game. And the Saints have all three. Yeah, and you want, to me, the key with the one-score games is not necessarily being better in them than the Saints, for the Saints in, in 20, uh, 2019, or even keeping the same, the, keeping the, the record the same. Just keep the number of close games the same. If they only have seven games decided by one score or less, it'll be fine. Even if they go, yeah. instead of going five and two, they go three and four, or two and five if you only have seven of them and your other nine games you win seven of them and lose two of them and you go three and you know three and four you that still gets you to 10 so that's a thing and another thing I was thinking about when you were talking about the things the Saints have that make them better in close games it was the thing that you started with I was thinking about the run the run defense in that for all the talk about oh, the NFL is more wide open now and you don't need to establish the run to be successful. That might be true on offense, but on defense, if you cannot stop the run, you are still fucked. And teams, no matter how much they open up the passing game and throw the ball all over the place, most of the coaches in the NFL, probably 80% of them, Late in games, when they're leading by three or by four and they have the ball, they're still going to run the ball in those first two downs. And the Saints continuing to be a top five run defense is a great sort of, I don't know what you call it, chip, a weapon or whatever, but it's something that really can help you in close games because the team will try to run out the clock running the ball because they don't want to get, they don't want to be aggressive with their young quarterback or whatever and the Saints stuff them and oh, by the way, now Breeze is getting the ball back and it's 20, it's 21, 24 and he's got the ball at his 35 yard line and it's directly related to on the first two downs, the other team got stuffed cold. You know, you know, so, no doubt it gives you the ability to come back in games you're behind. So no doubt. this wraps up Wednesday. We'll have Thursday and Friday looking more forward to the Saints preseason game. But this one is free because of my bookie guys. You need to sign up and you need to remember, join us on the Friday live post game show. We're going to start that baby in the fourth quarter. So uh, join us then. And this has been Saints Happy Hour Podcast for Wednesday. We will see you tomorrow.